You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, day two is officially in the books, and the Packers did exactly what I, well, I don't want to say exactly what I said they would do, but I did say give Brian Gutekunst the opportunity to do right. And by do right, I simply mean, you know, not that he has any obligation, but it's been one day. Give him the opportunity to address the positions that everybody's freaking out about. And like I said, all he has to do is go out and get a wide receiver and an offensive lineman, and maybe like a tight end or whatever one of the other picks is going to be, and we're right back on track. All is forgiven. Everything's done. And what do we do? I mean, again, he has no obligation to do exactly what I said, but that's what he did. He got a wide receiver, not just any wide receiver. He got a guy that is a sort of that prototypical X. That is to say, he's not a uh, gadgety guy. He's not a guy that just does one thing really well. He's a guy that can do everything. He's, he's big and physical and fast. Needs some refinement, but, but he's, he's, he's not limited. And then the other thing I said was, if you look at our offensive line, I think we answered the question about who is our right tackle. When we did not draft anybody in the first round, I think, and and again, I don't know that there were very many really good tackles to get to begin with, but we absolutely, I believe, answered the question that Elton Jenkins is going to be our right tackle, because I don't think anybody's going to be good enough to come in and take him out of that spot. And so, as I said, we have David Bakhtiari as our left tackle. I believe they like John Runyon at left guard, although clearly that can be upgraded. We just drafted Josh Myers, so we're not going to be replacing him. We need a new right guard, and we have Elton Jenkins at right tackle. What did we draft? We draft a prototypical right guard. Sean Ryan fits all the, the benchmarks as far as athleticism and everything else. I mean, he's an athletic tackle. And as, as the Packers love, they, they take athletic tackles and they move them into guard. And this is a guy that really doesn't have too much hope of being a tackle, in my opinion. Maybe he has that versatility in a pinch, you know? I mean, in fact, we may even see him early on, depending on what David Bakhtiari, if we have Elton Jenkins at left tackle. There is a decent chance he ends up being a right tackle, although I don't know that. I would tend to believe, especially if we're talking week one, Yash Nyman is going to end up playing um, with, with Bakhtiari. I think I said that backwards earlier, but it just let's just keep moving. But he is a, a hyper-athletic guy, which the Packers need. He, he is a good pass blocker, but he is more of a run blocker. And I understand analytics people that run blocking is, is not as important and running is not as important as passing. But if you're looking for, a, if, if you're on a team that does care a lot about running the ball and running the ball well, and again, from an analytic standpoint, the only reason you want to run the ball well is so that you can pass the ball well, fine, <laughs> fine. But we still want to run the ball well. I love, I love numbers and analytics, but man, does it take the fun out of football, doesn't it? Actually, running doesn't matter. Dude, shut up. But I like it, all right? I just want to cheer for running. Just let me. But he is, and I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, right guard is generally, the right side of the line is the mean side of the line. 
you know, left side of the line, you got your dancers, right side, you got your brawlers. And this dude is a brawler. And again, I don't know if he'd make that good of a tackle, but you kick this guy inside the guard. I know we're kind of rushing into this, but let, let's just do it because my mind has already been spinning. I apologize for anybody that was like, I didn't watch, but let's find out what happened from uh, Ryan over there at Packernet. In the second round, we traded up to get Christian Watson wide receiver out of NDSU. We used both of our second round picks, so we did not have any other picks. There was no other exchanges. It was a swap one for one, our two picks for your one pick. It was with the Minnesota Vikings, by the way. The Vikings doing deals with the entire NFC North, except for the Bears, because they don't have any picks anyways. And then coming around in the third round, we picked Sean Ryan, offensive tackle, out of LSU. Big, mean, massive, athletic tackle that is probably a little too small and too... I mean, he's, he's built like a guard. I mean, he just is. He's like 6'3", 3'23", uh, or something. Dude's a guard. But even at tackle, 818 um, RAS, elite explosion, good agility, good speed. And as somebody pointed out, which is fantastic, if you go over to RAS, he's in the eights as a tackle or whatever because he's a little bit short and, and a couple other things are not all that great. Switch him to guard. And again, one of the biggest knocks on him was height. But at guard, six four, so six four and a half is his height is not that bad. Um, his RAS goes up to a 9.35. He is an elite athlete as a guard because he's a guard. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm super excited, man, because... You know, we've got an offensive line that is largely based on being really solid um, pass blockers. And again, that is obviously the most important thing, but getting just a mean road grading offensive lineman. And I am very excited. I want to talk to uh, to Coach Hahn, see if he'd be willing to do a little homework on Sean Ryan. Um, maybe come on the, the channel and do a little bit of breakdown work. That would be awesome. I'm really nervous about um, bringing up film type stuff because <laughs> I've got... Uh, one strike against my first ever strike against my channel. As much stuff as I've posted on there and music and everything else, and usually they're like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, we, we're going to demonetize this video, but it's not a big deal. I got a hard strike. If we you get two more of these, we're shutting your entire channel down. So I'm, I'm freaking out a little bit, but we'll see about uh, maybe getting Coach on to show us a little bit of tape and tell us what Sean Ryan does well. I don't know how all these other guys do it and have their channels up just fine. I messed with the wrong person with that one. But no, I'm, 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 I mean, I, again, we don't know who's going to pan out. We have no idea. Maybe every single one of these guys we picked is trash. Maybe they're all great. I don't know. But just from the standpoint of observing what we need and what we got, this is a great draft. I mean, it's, it's almost unpacker-like as far as their ability to go down the line and check the boxes. Linebacker is the one that doesn't make sense, again, until we go back and analyze the reasoning behind it. We didn't see it as a need because we saw a team that has one really good linebacker. The Packers flat out came out and told us, in order to be a good defense, we need a second really good linebacker. And so we got it. So that was a big need. We satisfied it. Getting Kenny help on the inside is a need. We satisfied it. Really, really, really need a wide receiver. We got one. Really, really need some offensive line help. We got it. And again, you know, if you look at uh, mock drafts and stuff, I've always said that the worst part about doing a mock draft is the fact that you can't, you can't do it right. When you factor in that each pick presumably gets worse, right? The best players go first. And so if, if you just say, for example, by the fourth round, it's, it's pretty unlikely that you've got any talent left. And if you're a Packer fan, you say by the third round, and then a slight bump back up in the fourth round and then back down a little bit, then, you know... The odds of you satisfying every single need in the draft is nearly impossible because we're talking about two, three, four picks. Well, you've got six needs, seven needs, eight needs, 
Can't do that in three picks, can you? So yes, we can nitpick. While we should have got offensive line earlier because it was a bigger need, we could have gotten linebacker later. We should have gotten wide receiver and, uh, you know, defensive tackle first. Well, fine. Here's the thing. Let's pretend we got Christian Watson at 28 and, and Devontae Wyatt at 22. And let's say we got Quay Walker in the second round. Heck, let's say we got Sean Ryan in the second round and Quay Walker in the third round. Would you feel better about it? Would that make you feel happier? So, I, I, again, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. The other thing that's kind of cool is, you know, I know we're all skeptical of third round picks. One of the things I pointed out on the live stream is the Packers have done a great job, job of drafting offensive linemen. We know that, and especially mid-round offensive linemen. Third round feels like a good spot for the Packers to take an offensive lineman. I mean, we crush fourth round. We've hit on a couple sixth round. Obviously, we dominate second round with the exception of an unnamed tackle that we traded up for that will remain unnamed. But especially interior, we'll leave out tackle and say interior, dominate. So we've got two competing forces. We've got the Packers really dominating drafting offensive linemen. And we've got the curse of the third round. Who's going to win? I'm feeling good about it. I really am. Especially for guard, because it just feels like, how bad can we miss? You know what I mean? I mean, I don't mean to to disparage offensive guards, but it seems like every time we go out and get a guard, the guy's at least serviceable. I just have a hard time believing it's not a slight upgrade over Royce Newman. So I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm just fired up at this point. I don't, I don't have any kind of big picture, deep thoughts other than that, like I did yesterday. I'm excited to have these guys come in and compete. I'm starting to sound like a coach now. Um, the, uh, the only odd thing about Christian Watson, and again, I, I, th- I really think it's a pretty, I hate to say weak class because it's kind of an overly broad term, but there aren't a ton of perfect fits for the Packers. And really what a perfect fit is, a guy that can do everything and can play right away. I can't, I mean, again, Pickens might be the only guy I can think of that fits that mold. Maybe Drake London. Chris Olave is not a do-everything guy. Maybe Garrett Wilson, but he's gone. Jamison Williams, again, I was skeptical. Traylon Burks is not a do-everything guy. Jahan Dotson is not a do-everything guy. Sky Moore is not a do-everything guy. Um, George Pickens, I think the character concerns are a little bit much. And so you look at the guys that are there, and, and, and Christian Watson checks the box of a guy that can obviously do everything. I mean, big, strong, fast. There's There's... There's nothing you can't ask him to do. The biggest concern, though, is I don't know how day one ready he is. I guess the benefit is day one you expect him to be MVS, right? If nothing else, which is awesome because we lost MVS and the freaking Chiefs paid MVS like 10 million bucks. And our worst case scenario is that we drafted a guy that's just MVS. So if, if, if that is worth $10 million, then we just got $10 million worth of value there. But the, the, let's be completely honest. We want him to be much better than what MVS was. We want that ability to run fast down the field to be just an accent to what he can do overall. Right? They're they're talking about him putting on muscle onto his frame because he's just a bigger dude. You know, MVS, he's a tiny he's a tiny guy. I mean, he's tall, but he's he's not built that way. Christian Watson is built, and so they can add some muscle onto his frame and make him kind of an even even deadlier weapon. I mean, you, you assume you pack on some muscle, you lose a little bit of speed, but he's still going to be blazing fast. But you bulk him up a little bit so he, he has a even bigger, meaner demeanor. And I think uh, another kind of day one thing that you get from him that you didn't get from MVS is sort of the at and around the line of scrimmage production. The wide receiver screens, not that MVS couldn't do it, but I just think he's, he's more built for that because he has the speed, but also the breaking tackle ability. The uh, end around jet sweep type stuff. I think he gives you a little bit more of that day one. 
But again, the, the, the number one thing that you want or hope for from a guy like Christian Watson is to be a number one wide receiver, which is the, the ability to, to run a complete route tree. You know, if it's just go routes and wide receiver screens, that kind of sucks. And so that would be my only concern. Um, but again, I don't know that there's a lot of really great other options. I don't know how many, you know, complete route tree, checks all the boxes, and ready day one prospects there are in the, if, if there's even one. I know they had first round grades on guys, but that's still not the question. That's just general talent. You know, I, I, again, Chris Olave, probably the most day one ready. But I don't know, you know, he doesn't have the ceiling of Christian Watson. But whatever it is he can do, he's bringing all that day one. So, um, again, that's kind of a a reservation or a concern that I have personally. But again, I don't, it's not like, well, that was a bad pick. No, it's, it's, there just weren't very many just dead on picks. And again, I think George Pickens was that guy, but it seems clear to me that the Packers and a lot of other teams just did not... You know, again, they met, they did a lot of homework on Devontae Wyatt. They did a lot of homework on George Pickens. That was the rumor going around. I think we found out what the conclusion was. And so George Pickens had that kind of slide where, you know, character concerned guys aren't going to go early, but teams are going to let him fall only so far. And then eventually somebody's just going to sweep in and, and take him because the talent is just too much to, to let him fall any further. But anyways, the only other thought I had was in... in I don't want you to put too much stock in the first part of the story because, but I, I just want to tell you how I got there. Um, I was listening to Christian Watson's interview this morning. It was funny because I, I clicked on and it was about, you know, 10 seconds into it and I heard somebody talking and I assumed it was Christian Watson, but it really sounded like it was a coach. So I was like, well, maybe this is Christian Watson's coach. Maybe this is the scout that found Christian Watson. I don't know exactly who's talking. It was Christian Watson. This guy is either going to be a coach when he gets older or is going to be a politician. I'm not really entirely sure, but this guy has got the coach speak down. Um, just everything about the way he talks was surprising. Table that part of the story. He goes on to talk, and uh, one of the questions was, has Aaron Rodgers talked to you yet? And he said, no, I haven't heard from Aaron Rodgers yet, but I'm looking forward to speaking to him. Now, there's conflicting reports on that because JJ sent out a tweet saying that the first person to contact him was Aaron Rodgers via text or whatever. So maybe he just meant you know, actual personal phone call as opposed to text? I don't know. But he said in the interview, have not heard from Aaron Rodgers. And my thought was I was going to come down here and be sarcastic and be like, oh, I guess Aaron Rodgers is a bad leader. You know, because obviously if people don't aren't in constant communication with Aaron Rodgers, it's the worst thing in the world. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't even need to contact this new wide receiver that just came in the building. It didn't matter whether it's true or not because it was meant to be sarcastic. But as I thought about that little joke, I kind of started to feel bad because Aaron Rodgers isn't, isn't a big rah-rah guy. He's not like a big leader type of guy. Devontae Adams is no longer on the team. Who's going to step in and fill the void and be the leader on this team that's going to reach out to the first offensive prospect and get excited about it? Is Alan Lazard going to call the guy up? Is Sammy Watkins going to call him? I doubt it. And then the more I thought about it, I really just started to think, this kind of sucks for our offense. You know, when you look at the defense, it's a bunch of just hungry fired up. I mean, Kenny Clark is just losing his mind. I mean, they're, they're, the whole defense is calling these guys. They're getting fired, fired up. They're ready for that number one overall defense. They're hungry. There is a much different energy on our defense than our offense. Our offense reminds me a lot of that 2018 Packers team in general, where it was just a bunch of guys, a lot of whom are a lot older and just didn't really care anymore. And I know I'm, I'm maybe being a little overdramatic, but 
where is that energy that you see on the defense on the offense? We know Rodgers doesn't have it. You know David Bakhtiari doesn't have it. I mean, these are good football players, but it's not like I'm good and I'm hungry and we're going to go get them. It's just kind of like, yeah, chill out, man. It's fine. It'll be what it is, man. It's no big deal, bro. Just chill. Who's that guy on offense? Who's that cultural driver that says, we set the tone here. We got the, you know, we, 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 this, is, this is the standard. This is what we do. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's holding anybody accountable. Nobody's going out screaming, number one offense, we're going to dominate this year. The guys that are really, really good are, are guys that have been like, I've been doing this way too long to be doing this rah-rah stuff, man. I'm going to go in, I'm going to do my thing, and I'm going to get out. Who's the guy? Who's the Kenny Clark? Who's the Rashawn Gary? Who's the Jair Alexander? Who's the Eric Stokes? Who's the Darnell Savage? Who's, who are those guys? Where's the Devondre Campbell? Where's the Preston Smith? Aaron Jones is a great dude, but he's not a rah-rah guy. The only thing I know about A.J. Dillon is, is you know, he's got big legs. He likes to do TikToks and uh, play video games. Kurt Bankert loves video games. The offensive, you know, David Bakhtiari loves to play board games and can chug beer. Aaron Rodgers does Panchakarma cleanses, loves to vacation a lot. I mean, Mercedes Lewis is, is kind of that guy, but he's like probably on his last year here. Is it Tunyon? No. Is it DeGuara? No. Is it Daphne? No. Is it Josh Myers? I mean, maybe someday, but he's just, he's a new guy. And so part of me wonders if they're trying, you know, they're clearly building a culture. And they mentioned that when they went out and got Christian Watson, that he comes from, and I, I mentioned this yesterday about the defense on Twitter, where these are the guys that come from a number one defense. They don't know anything other than being dominant. That's building a culture here. They come in here, they don't know that the Packers historically don't have good defenses. They're coming into a good defense, having come from one of the most historically great college defenses ever. And there's a culture here that says, we're going to dominate. And by the way, the Packers have largely built that. They bring in guys like Rashawn Gary. They bring in these guys from Georgia. And lo and behold, we've got a bunch of dogs that just want to be number one. And so what do we do? We go out and get Josh Meyer. He's a leader. He's, he's, you know, comes from a great program and a great culture. We get guys like Christian Watson, dominant college program. And, and we heard from, uh, what's his name? I forget who it was, but that was one of the things that drew them to Christian Watson. They're trying to build that culture. Guys that come from, you know, and again, this is the part of the story that I said, let's table that. The guy talks like he's a coach. He takes this very seriously, cares about being great. And then we follow that up with an offensive lineman that is just a violent beast. I don't know about leader. I don't know about, you know, great program. But if it's about setting a tone and setting a culture, and I'm not trying to just completely dog our offense, but there's clearly, clearly a difference in terms of demeanor. The only thing I saw on Twitter about guys getting excited about the offensive lineman we picked was Kenny Clark freaking out on Twitter about it, getting excited. These guys are pumped up. These guys are hungry. They're ready to go compete. They want the season to start today. And I just don't feel that from the offense. And that's not to say that it's not a good offense. All I'm saying is I think it makes sense that the Packers are trying to build that same energy they have on defense. They want that on offense. And honestly, I think that might be kind of hard to do. I love Aaron Rodgers. I'm not trying to just dog the guy, but he sets the tone and we know he's not a rah-rah guy. That's not his thing. And so if we're following the leader, we're not going to be all rah-rah, right? Because you're, you're not going to overstep your bounds and be like, don't worry, Rodgers, I'll be the leader of this team. No, you're going to sit back and you're going to let him take the lead. And his lead is to be like, you know, I demand excellence. No question. But that's it. It's, it's you know, you, you, you do your job. You do it quietly. You do it well. Act like you've been there before. And uh, if you don't do it well and professionally, then I will tell you that you suck. And I will never throw you the ball because you're trash. And that's kind of how we do things here. So... I am hoping that we can kind of, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of whining and complaining about how the Packers don't do enough 
to get offensive help, but I kind of wish there was a little bit more internal drive and desire to be great with the guys we have. Yes, yes, get help, all that stuff, but it, it would be awesome to have even 10% of the energy our defense has on offense. Just, just a thought I had. And again, it was driven by the fact that, you know, our, our, the defensive players got flooded. They talked to Kenny. They talked to the defense. They're, they're talking about, we can't wait to get you in here. We're going to get fired up. This is going to be the number one defense, all that stuff. Christian Watson, have you talked to Rodgers yet? Uh, no, not yet, but hopefully pretty soon. And again, who, which, what, what wide receiver is going to call him? Maybe somebody did, but even then it's like, who cares? I think we need that. We, and somebody has to step up and do it. And I don't know who that's going to be. Again, Mercedes is kind of that guy, but I mean, he's, he can't be the long-term solution. He's not going to stay here. Somebody's got to fill that void. Somebody's got to be the, 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 the rah-rah guy. Somebody's got to be the one that says, this will be the number one. And I know that's the, the standard just kind of generally set. But the, 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 the vibe of the offense is that sort of, I'm too cool to be rah-rah. I don't know. Maybe it works for him. I'm just, it, it was just a thought I had. Because I think, I think people feed off that. That's one of the great things about this defense is I think, you know, if, if you're a young player and you come in with a bunch of violent, angry, fast-playing, hungry guys, it gets you fired up. I mean, I, I've experienced that on a job site before, you know, landscaping. You're shoveling dirt into a wheelbarrow and rolling it up a hill and dumping it and spreading it. And you go back down and you get more and you do that for a couple hours. And after a while, you're shoveling slower and slower and slower. And then somebody comes on the job site new and fired up and ready to go and is shoveling real fast and all ready to go. And you start going real fast. <laughs> Tone setters. You know, there's a reason they play music at, at, at uh, practice. Why do they do that? Get you fired up. Get you playing faster, playing harder. Get you in the right headspace. That's what all this stuff on defense does. It's about a headspace. What's the headspace on offense? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they have fun and they're good people. But I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just looking for that Rashawn Gary mentality on offense. And I can't think of one person that has that Rashawn Gary mentality on offense. I love our offense. I love the guys on offense. And I love that they're good at football. But it would be nice to kind of get a little bit of that. And again, I think that is part of the drafting process. They're trying to, they, and they've done a great job of, of trying to focus on building culture. I think Christian Watson is a part of that. I think Josh Myers is a part of that. But my, my concern is, Again, nobody's going to be able to come in and be that leader uh, that, that kind of takes the mantle from Rodgers. So I don't know if the culture changes so much as people just kind of conform to this is what it is. He comes from NDSU as one of the most dominant players on one of the most dominant teams, you know, in that division, and is going to come here and just be some accessory that Aaron Rodgers can shake his head at and be like, Meh, not good enough. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Sure, it'll be fine. I don't know what you do about that, honestly. Maybe a lot of this has to do with building for the future, like future, future. But I'm sure nobody wants to have that conversation, so we won't. The post Aaron Rodgers conversation. Anyways, I'm sorry. I, 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 I shouldn't have taken it in this direction. I, I just, you know, when I get a thought in my head, I like to air it out to everybody, and we should just be celebrating the draft picks. And we are. I, I, am, I really am excited. Because again, if, if we just do a review of our team as of right now, Aaron Rodgers is a back-to-back MVP. I don't know what he's going to be this year, but we know he's going to be a good football player. We have one of the best running back duos in all of football. David Bakhtiari is coming back to be our left tackle. John Runyon is our left guard. Josh Myers going into year two of this system, and we know the coaching staff is super excited about his ceiling. At right guard, there's going to be a competition, but I believe Sean Ryan is going to be that guy, and he's going to be a true right guard. 
And by that, I mean he's going to be a guy that hopefully is a is a solid pass blocker, but is just an absolute beast as a run blocker. And if you look at Royce Newman, he did a decent job as a pass blocker. I mean, he ended the year with a 60 overall grade. He had his ups and his downs, but a lot of times it was up. But as a run blocker, 51 overall grade. I'm sorry, especially in this system, nah. And then we got Elton Jenkins, who uh, is a center that moved to guard and was a dominant guard and then moved to tackle. And as a tackle, had his best overall grade. Now, you got to understand, PFF hasn't been the highest on him as much as, as the fans have, but there's clearly been talent there. 2019, 69 overall grade. 2020, 66 overall grade. 2021, 82. So pretty unanimous at this point, whether you think he's always been good or he became good. At this point, one of the better tackles, which is silly to say, but one of the better tackles in football. 81 overall pass blocking grade. 76 run blocking grade, which is another great aspect of his game is the fact that he's dominant in both. And it's actually awesome that he's a right tackle because, as I said, right tackle is sort of like the brawler side of it. This is a great pass blocker who also happens to be a phenomenal run blocker. He's built to be our right tackle, and he will be. And I think he and Sean Ryan have the potential to be a great, great combination off that right side. A super athletic offensive guard that is just a big, mean bruiser. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Our tight ends, I've mentioned I would like to get some additional tight ends. I don't know if there's any real great tight ends that, that we're going to end up be, uh, getting or, or you know, if we do get somebody, how good they're going to be. I don't know. But regardless, we've got some guys, and I like the guys that we have. And at wide receiver, we've got Randall Cobb. We've got Amari Rodgers going into his second year. We've got Watkins that gets no love or respect. But the fact of the matter is, and I know this is my own worst, my least favorite phrase in the world, but when healthy, he's not the worst wide receiver. The guy was a number four overall selection. Six foot one, 211 pounds, 443 speed. On his worst day, he's MVS on his best day. I've covered that already. Sammy Watkins at his worst was as good as, as MVS at his best. And again, we're going to have Sammy, because we have so many guys, whether you like him or not, we have a lot of guys. He's going to be on a pitch count. We're going to try to just use him for what he does best, and we're going to use him sparingly to try to keep him healthy for as long as the season as we possibly can. If not, why not the whole season? And then on top of that, we added Christian Watson. And, and again, the exciting thing about it is, although we want him to do everything, he doesn't have to do everything. If all he is is MVS to start off the season, fine. Because we got Alan Lazard that can do a lot of different stuff. He can be that sort of, you know, mid-range, catching passes 10 yards down the field guy. Sammy Watkins were, were running wide receiver screens, jet sweeps, and 40-yard bombs. You know, he's going to hit that Jordy Nelson post route. Aw shucks. And really, what is the other thing I talked about? You know, when you look at this as a team that's really starting to build a strong defensive identity, as much as Packer fans, we look at that and go, I'm not comfortable with that. That's, you know, we're an offensive team and we suck on defense. That's kind of what I prefer. (laughs) Not really, but, you know, it is a joke. It's fine. The other part of this equation is you build a strong offensive line, you run the ball well, and you kind of, I mean, you get to that Shanahan slash Raiders identity. We load up with really big guys, Watson's huge, Lazard is huge, Watkins is huge, we got tight ends, we got a bunch of big running backs, and we're bolstering and getting bigger along the offensive line. We bully you up front, and if you don't come up and address it, we're going to hurt you. Watson will hurt you up front along the, 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 the line. Alan Lazard will hurt you up front. We got Cobb and Amari, who can do some serious damage up close to the line of scrimmage. That's not even addressing what Jones and A.J. Dillon can do to you. So the, the whole point of this offense initially is to say, you better come up here. But now that you're up here, we got Watson that can beat you over the top. And Watkins isn't exactly a slouch either as far as his speed. 
So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. There's certainly questions, just like there's questions on every single team. There's, there's holes here and there's holes there, and a lot of people are saying that's not good enough with wide receiver. We're going to need somebody else, and maybe we will. There's plenty of guys. You know, we got, we got speed guys. You got uh, size guys. Still got Jareth Stearns sitting there, which uh, he's probably going to be an undrafted free agent, but I've got Jareth Stearns uh, number 11 on my board, just saying, still sitting there. No, but really, guys like Eric Ezukanma uh, out of Texas Tech, Right, if you're looking for those big guys, you got Kyle Phillips. A lot of people are excited about him. I know JJ had mentioned it, but also the guys I believe on It's Always Draft have were really pumping up Kyle Phillips as a is a great player. I mean, just just so many Khalil Shakir. A lot of people are super excited about what he can do. Depending on what you're looking for, you've got the Kevin Austins, you know, the 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 speed guys. You've got the size guys. I mean, I believe Bo Melton is still around. Bo Melton was the fourth fastest guy in this whole. Uh, wait a minute. Not fourth fastest. Hold on. Let me sort here. Bo Melton was the fifth fastest guy in this draft class out of Rutgers. 4-3-4 speed. Calvin Austin is still available. Calvin is the third fastest running 4-3-2. So speed, still got speed. Bo Melton, by the way, at 5'11", 189. Not even that bad in terms of um, the size aspect. He's nearly 6'190". Calvin Austin, 5'8", 170, probably a little less likely. I don't know why they didn't put Christian Watson down for uh, Packers drafting him, but if you're looking for big guys, Justin Ross, I mean, as far as guys with um, real high potential, Justin Ross is kind of that Derek Stingley guy who, as a rookie, was just dominant. You know, he was going to be an early first-round prospect someday. Justin Ross, 6'4", 205. He's a big dude. Devin Williams out of Oregon, 6'5", 210. Isaiah Weston out of Northern Iowa, 6'4", 214, runs a 4'4", Dejon Dixon, 6'3", 205. I mean, he runs a 4'6", He's We can call him a, well, I don't know what he does. I was going to say we can call him a tight end, but at 205, I don't think so. But I'm saying we got fast guys, we got big guys. There's still options if you want to add another wide receiver. Like I said, Eric Ezukanma, 6'2", 210. Uh, Romeo Daub, 6'2", 201. Not that big, but big enough. Dontario Drummond is uh, 6'1", 215. Um, Weston, I already mentioned. You know, real good three-cone guys. Kevin Austin, 6'7", 1. Bo Melton, 6'9", 8. Jalen Naylor's right at 7. Uh, if you're looking for tight ends to add, fastest tight end in this draft, as far as I know, is still available. Chigazia Maconquo, 4'5", 240. 6'3", 238, runs a 4'5", 2. Tight end out of Maryland. Couple other guys in the six threes: Grant Calcaterra, Daniel Bellinger, six two and six three. I'm sorry, four six two, four six three, and Bellinger's six five two fifty three. He's a pretty big dude. If you're looking for monsters, obviously Jelani Woods is gone, but he's not even the biggest dude here. He's six foot seven, two fifty nine. You got Curtis Hodges, six eight, two fifty seven. Austin Allen, six eight, two fifty three. Plenty of options. In fact, almost all the options are still available. The only ones I'm aware of that went. Jelani Woods, Jeremy Ruckert, Greg Dulcich, and Trey McBride. And if we just quickly look at best available players before we... We'll, we'll end up taking a break and look a little closer into these process, prospects, but Perry and Winfrey, defensive lineman, still available. I believe he had some uh, off-the-field concerns. Um, Isaiah Spiller, the running back, is still available. Uh, Daniel Fealele, offensive tackle out of Minnesota. Tariq Woolen, the absolute freak show, uh, hyper-athletic Cornerback Darian Kennard, Calvin Austin, Jamari Salyer, Kingsley and Igbare, Kobe Bryant, Khalil Shakir, Isaiah Likely, Cade Otten, the tight end, uh, Rashid Walker, Darian Beavers, Damone Clark, 
uh, Zion McCollum, Zach Tom, who I think is a a great and and another guy that is kind of a really good tackle. That's probably actually just a guard, but super talented guy. I mean, obviously, there's he's not as good as I thought. I thought there was a chance Zach Tom could go, you know, a lot. I mean, I, I thought for sure he'd be gone by now. So obviously I missed something, but um, I think that would be a great addition. Jake Ferguson, tight end out of Wisconsin, still around. And so the Packers are still sitting here with one, two, three, four, five, six more picks, two in the fourth round. And again, the Packers do quite well in the fourth. People are probably wondering what happens if you package both of your fourths. I don't think that would make any sense because technically if you package both of them, that should get you back into the third round, which is already passed. So I don't see that happening. Uh, And they don't have a fifth round pick. I'm sorry, they do. They don't have a sixth round pick. So if they package, let's say 132 and 171, just for people that are curious, we can get up to about, what would this be, the 10th pick of this round. But listen, my, my preference is not to be moving up. Let's just take a bunch of swings. Let's get both of these fourth round picks, a fifth round pick, and then all three of those seventh round picks. Let's just see what we can do. By the way, best punter in this class, Matt Areza, still sitting there. I'm just saying. Kickers, special teams. Never do it, but I'm saying I wouldn't mind if you did it. I don't care. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break? Please remember to check out the GoFundMe for Drew pinned to the top of my Twitter. Thank you to the $25 anonymous donation that was made in the last 24 hours. We're up to $4,487. The goal is $7,440. So we're getting there. Pinned to the top of the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, you'll find my GoFundMe. Thank you to the $25 anonymous donation to that. Um, we are up to $605 already. By the way, there's some kind of a promo code. I don't know what the deal is with that, but I saw it and they said, I think like 25% off. So we might be only $400 away. I don't know that for a fact, but we may have just shaved $500 off of this goal. So, um, just throwing that out there. I don't know how long the promo code lasts, but there you go. Uh, what else? A Modern Frontier, great place to buy you some meat. You can get a big old box of frozen meat delivered right to your door. Go check it out. You can got, get your beef, chicken, pork, whatever you want to get. Use promo code MEATPACKER, one word, all caps, and you get $25 off your order. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones By putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get started with Christian Watson. Again, I've probably read most of this already, but we're going to go through it again because we drafted the guy and we want to make sure we know the guy. Christian Watson, North Dakota State, 6'4", 208, out of Tampa, Florida, uh, 22.96 years old, pushing 23, careful. Christian Watson, who has four siblings, grew up in Tampa, Florida, and started playing football at age three. He attended HB Plant High, where he played with several future FBS recruits like Fop, uh, Wap Filer, Thomas Allen, and Micah McFadden, all three committed to Indiana. A late bloomer physically, he earned a spot on a varsity as a junior wide receiver and safety and hit a four-inch growth spurt after the season. As a senior, Watson helped lead Plant to a 13-1 record, losing the 2016 Class 7A state title game against St. Thomas Aquinas. He finished his senior season with 23 catches, 393 yards, 17.1 average, and eight touchdowns while also returning kicks. Watson also lettered in track and set personal bests in the 200-meter and long jump. None of that should be surprising. A two-star recruit out of high school, Watson was the number 501 wide receiver in the 2017 recruiting class and the number 536 recruit in the state of Florida. With very little production and film his first three years of high school, he wasn't being recruited to play college football but Watson was a late developer, and North Dakota State stumbled upon him in the spring of 2016 as he was physically maturing into a high-level receiver. The FCS powerhouse offered him in the summer, and Watson committed weeks later before the start of his senior year. FBS programs started to show interest, but Watson shut down his recruitment after committing to North Dakota State. His father, uh, Tazim Wajad, formerly known as Tim Watson, played defensive back at Howard and was a sixth-round pick in the 1993 NFL Draft by the Green Bay Packers, spending five seasons in the NFL from 93 to 97. His older brother, Trey, played linebacker at Illinois 2014 to 2017 and Maryland 2018 and for the Montreal Alouettes in the CFL. His uncle, Cedric, played defensive end at Marshall in the mid-90s. His cousin, Jordan Sparks, is a Grammy Award-winning singer. Watson graduated with his degree in in university studies he accepted his invitation to the 2022 Senior Bowl. One of the things he mentioned in his um, his interview that I heard is that his family is extremely competitive, and that be, that is quite evident um, when you hear all this. I should ask my wife and daughter if they know who Jordan Sparks is. Um, 2019, he was the second team All-MVFC. He led his team in receiving. In 2020, first team All-American, first team All-MVFC, led team in receiving two kick return touchdowns, which tied NDSU's single season record. And then in 2021, second-team All-American, first-team All-MVFC, led the team in receiving. Uh, he missed three games due to a hamstring injury. Uh, combine 6'4", 208, uh, wingspan 77 and 5 eighths, 4'3", 640, 38.5-inch uh, vert, 11-foot-4-inch broad jump. Short shuttle was 419, three-cone 696, and he had 18 uh, reps on the bench. His strengths, long athletic frame, accelerates with gliding strides to eat up grass and pick up speed as he goes. Uses subtle pacing to stack and separate vertically from corners. Tracks well on deep post patterns, gearing up and down to settle underneath the football. 
averaged at least 18.3 yards per catch each of his four, four seasons at NDSU, climbs the ladder to pull down throws, displays the upper body flexibility to adjust and stab throws away from the body with his large hands. Won't slow at the catch point, looks to finish with t- uh, toughness as a ball carrier, active weapon on jet, jet sweeps and end arounds, started one game at running back as his senior year, competitive as a blocker, has kick return experience, averaged 26.4 yards per return with two touchdowns, eighth player in school history to reach 2,000 receiving yards. Weaknesses. Slender muscle tone and needs to keep adding bulk, which the Packers said they're planning on doing with a mediocre play strength and will be more pronounced versus at which will be more pronounced versus NFL corners. Allows throws to get on top of them. Must improve pass catching focus. Unusually high number of drops, 12 in his final two seasons. Control and balance as a route runner break down quickly versus physical corners. Press technique lacks maturation. Has return experience but didn't play in coverages. Medicals will be important after multiple surgeries to repair torn cartilage in his knee. Missed three games as a senior because of a hamstring injury. All 52 career games came versus FCS competition. The uh, the knee thing is suddenly my new uh, most concerning issue. Final summary here. A three-year starter at NDSU, Watson was an outside receiver in offensive coordinator Tyler Roll's run-heavy scheme. A late bloomer who fell through the uh, recruiting cracks, he developed into one of the best deep threats in the FCS with four touchdowns and at least 65 yard uh, of at least 65 yards in 2021. With his smooth acceleration, Watson displays vertical tempo as a route runner and is quarterback friendly with the way he works back to the ball and expands his catch radius. He never faced an FBS opponent while the NDSU while at NDSU, and we'll see a sizable jump in speed and physicality when facing NFL competition. Overall, Watson is unpolished as a route runner and must improve his consistency at the catch point, but he has an intriguing size speed athlete with the explosiveness to win vertically. He projects as a wide receiver four as a rookie and wide receiver two upside and offers kick return experience. Obviously, that is the most devastating thing you could possibly hear. Um, it's kind of kind of what I said aside from the wide receiver two upside. What I said about early being, you know, the floor of being MVS, I, I always saw MVS as wide receiver four anyways, but ideally you're kind of hoping he ends up being a wide receiver two, although, you know, again, is he just sort of like a really good version of MVS, like a Jamison Williams, which generally those are your number two wide receivers. In which case we are kind of talking about Alan Lazard, possibly Watson as being your number one wide receiver, which I don't think makes anyone super comfortable, but maybe that is what we're talking about. And it might have to be. I, I I don't know the odds of him being like the number one guy year one. It's it's a very low probability. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean it was a bad pick. It's but there's there's really not a lot of great options. And the Packers are always going to be taking the big swings, right? Go for the highest upside players, and this is the highest upside player. JJ has been saying all along, he's not my favorite guy, but I already know the Packers are going to take him because. I mean, that's just what they do. This this is a Packers guy, right? I mean, nobody screams Packers quite like Christian Watson does. Then we get to Sean Ryan. We did not get a chance to talk about Sean Ryan, so we'll do that now. Another guy that is 23.6 years old, so another older player, which the Packers never do. So you've got a wide receiver that's about to turn 23. You have a, the next player they picked is 23. You have a defensive tackle they picked that's 23. Of the four players they picked, three of them are 23 years old. Sean Ryan grew up in Southern California and was boogie boarding and surfing before most kids were riding bikes. He, Aaron Rodgers is going to love this guy. 
He focused on two organized sports through his childhood and middle school, baseball and rugby. Rugby is awesome. He played for the rugby club team in San Clemente Gators and then earned a silver medal with Triton Rugby Club in 2016, qualifying for the feeder team for the USA Olympic rugby team, but didn't pursue it. That's crazy. Ryan enrolled at Capistrano Valley Christian School, a small private school, where he was introduced to football, a sport he showed no interest in growing up. After enjoying his freshman season on the football field, he transferred to San Juan Hills High for more opportunities in his new sport. Ryan sat out most of his sophomore year because of transfer rules before joining the varsity lake, uh, the varsity late in the 2016 season as the offensive lineman earning honorable mention all-league honors. As a junior, he earned all-state, all-county, and all-league honors at left tackle. As a senior, uh, Ryan led San Juan Hills to the 2018 league title and was earned a number of accolades, including U.S. Army All-American, USA Today, First Team All-State, and League MVP honors. He joined the team, the track team as a sophomore, another sport he never played before, and started throwing the shot put and discus. Ryan was a three-time league shot put champion and set school records for the shot put, the discus. Uh, he finished third in shot put at the 2019 state championship. You know what I really like just reading through this? And this is true of a lot of guys that make it into the pros, but he's one of those guys that no matter what he does, he's just great, right? He plays rugby and he qualifies for the Olympic team. He gets kind of thrust into football. He doesn't really like it, and he gets all these honors. And then he gets put into, um, you know, discus and shot put. It says right here, he really had no interest in it, and he was third in the state championships. This is a guy that's just, he's just kind of cruising along through life, you know? <laughs> he's got that relaxed Southern Cal kind of thing, but he's just, he's, he's just an athlete, man. He's just built different. He's one of those guys, and we all know people like this, who just really don't have to try. He is just naturally elite at everything you put in front of him. He's just bigger and better than you, no matter what. And the cool thing is, I mean, you look at it and say, well, he's 23. He maybe has already peaked. I doubt it. You, you get this guy with some coaches that can really get the best out of him. This guy has a, a, a ceiling that has not been reached yet. A four-star recruit out of high school, Ryan was the number two ranked offensive guard in 2019 recruiting class and the number 15 recruit in the state of California. He received his first offer, Southern uh, South Carolina after his sophomore season, and later collected offers from Alabama, Notre Dame, Oregon, Stanford, and USC. But Ryan was drawn to Chip Kelly's offense and signed with the Bruins, becoming UCLA's only four-star recruit in the 2019 class. He also joined the Bruins track team, but didn't participate in the 2020 season. His father, Steve, is a former professional motocross racer, freaking obviously, and helps train Sean with a master's degree in exercise physiology. Ryan decided to skip his senior season and enter the 2022 NFL draft. Again, he's a little bit older, but this guy is just unrefined, man. He, he still came out early. And then you factor in 2020 was a shortened season. So really, it's 2019. He played 12 games, 2027 because it was a shortened season. And then 2021, 12 more games. He played 31 games, obviously started all 31 because the guy's a freak and he's better than everybody on his team. And he's like, I'm going to the NFL now because why not, man? Just living life, bro. He's going to fit in with this team real well, too. I promise you. It doesn't have that, like, where's that, like, Rashawn energy? But he's got Green Bay Packers offensive energy all day, right? I mean, especially offensive line. You get these goofy guys with, like, the, the, the weird hair. Like, we got excited about Royce Newman because of his mullet. And this guy immediately is just, you look at the pictures that are going around and the memes going around. I saw one where it's, like, him and then a side-by-side -side with Nacho Libre, right? The pictures of him with, like, this, this kind of ridiculous-looking mustache and this big giant mane of hair 
It's like, yeah, man, it just, it just fits. It just does. And he's just, again, he's got this laid back attitude, but at the same time, he's just better than you, you know? Like, I don't even have to care to just kill you. It's going to be a fun training camp, man. We got guys like Devontae Wyatt going up against Sean Ryan. That's going to be fun. Uh, continuing on with his strengths, compact build with thick thighs and massive hands, excellent short area coordination as a run blocker and pass blocker, patient with his pass sets with strong, tight hands to latch and work his feet into position when on schedule, works hard to achieve leverage, excellent job in the vertical climb to attack the linebacker level, finds the hip of the defender and caves in the line, flashes a clamp, flashes a clamp grip at contact to move bodies. Sorry, I don't know what half of these things mean, but I'll read it for those of you that do. Showed mental growth each season at UCLA, not allowing uh, mistakes to linger. Credits rugby for developing his toughness and body development. Durable and started all 31 games the last three seasons, allowing only two sacks in his career. Weaknesses. Lacks ideal width and arm length. Doesn't matter because he's going to be a guard. Below average range and recovery skills. Not a fluid mover in space and slow to redirect versus twitchy pass rushers. So, um... Devontae Wyatt's going to crush this guy. That's my prediction. (laughs) If he struggles with twitchy guys, we ended up getting one of the twitchier defensive tackles in football. But anyways, gets his momentum wide and allows rushers to cross his face. Tardy hands and must improve his counter timing. Heavy leaner and will get his head over his skis in pass protection, struggling to recover. Has the mobility to be a factor at the second level, but will struggle to break down on the move. Would benefit from more competitive finish on a snap-to-snap basis. Flagged six times in 2021, four false starts, two holding penalties. Uh, Was a left tackle only in college with questionable position flex. Again, I'm not worried about even the flexibility as much. I think he's just going to be a guard. Summary, a uh, three-year starter at UCLA, Ryan anchored the left tackle position in head coach Chip Kelly's zone read scheme. Good fit. A rugby player growing up, he started playing football in high school and continued to blossom with the Bruins, showing steady improvement each season and growing into one of the best left tackles on the West Coast. Ryan is a powerful blocker who understands blocking leverage and how to anchor. However, he looked like a guard playing tackle on tape because of his lack of range, fluidity, and recovery skills in space. That's not a knock because he's a guard. Overall, Ryan is a strong, is strong and balanced in both run and uh, and pass game, but he must play with quicker hands, feet, and more efficient weight distribution for him to make it. He does his best work in short areas, projecting as a guard with NFL starting potential in either the power, a power or zone scheme. He had him third round number 90 overall. So again, I, you know, ultimately we, we need to remember we put too much stock in rookies. We look at it and say, we need to get the guys that are going to help us get over the hump. And at the end of the day, if we win the Super Bowl, it's going to be because of the guys that are already in Green Bay. It's not because of Christian Watson. It's not because of Devontae Wyatt. It's not because of uh, Sean Ryan. It's because of Aaron Rodgers. It's because of Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. It's, it's the veterans, the guys that have already proven themselves as great NFL professionals. Those are the guys that are going to get us there. Ideally, however, we get a couple people that can help us a little bit in certain areas. And that's hopefully what we're getting. Hopefully on the defensive side, we're able to run because of the guys that we've gotten, the kinds of defenses that we want. And, and the great thing about it is it's not even, it's not about we got a guy that by himself is going to be a game record. It's about we got a guy that means we can do the kind of things that we want to do schematically so that the guys that are already proven can go out and be the game record. And that's kind of true with the offense as well. I don't think Christian Watson comes in and is a dominant wide receiver year one. Maybe he is, but you know what he does do? He helps stress the defense so that the guys underneath can win. He's going to help Alan Lazard. He's going to help A.J. Dillon. 
he's going to help Robert Tunyon. He's going to help the guys we already have be successful. So in a sense, they are going to massively contribute year one, even if it's not showing up on the stat sheet. Devontae Wyatt may not have a ton of sack, but by virtue of him being there, Rashawn Gary is better. Kenny Clark is better. Preston Smith is better. By virtue of Quay Walker being there and us you know, not having to you know, bring in a safety, our run defense has improved. Even if Christian Watson is not killing it statistically, he's helping everybody else's stat sheet. And yeah, if nothing else, maybe Sean Ryan comes in and we're running the ball just, just a hair better. And again, what is the benefit of the run? To help the pass. That's not going to show up on Sean Ryan's stat sheet. That's not going to go towards his anything. He's not going to get credit for any of that. But he's still helping us do that. The Packers are already a good team. We're finding some, some small pieces here and there to make sure that we can maximize the potential and the talent of the guys we already have. That's ultimately what we're doing. And we've got several more picks to go. So very excited for that. We are streaming. I'm going to be going live the entire draft. I do not know who's, who's with me. It's a long day, so I, I don't think anyone's going to be with me the whole time. But hopefully we got some people coming in and out. Uh, we, we had a big shout out, by the way, to um, Tyler Herrick stopped in for all of about five minutes. I know he had some other obligations and he had some pretty bad internet. I think he dropped out. Uh, his internet dropped out on him and he's like, nah, I'm not going back to that. That was, that was a nightmare. <laughs> but I appreciate him taking the time. Uh, I know he's busy over there with Cheesehead TV. And then Dusty Evely came in and he hung out with us for quite a while. That was a lot of fun. I think he fit in seamlessly with the group of morons that we had uh, on our stream. Yes, I'm calling Dusty a moron, but it's, it's in the best possible way. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny because the whole thing with Clayton is like we keep teasing him about Roadhouse. He gets so mad if you make fun of Patrick Swayze. And I don't think Dusty knew that that was a thing. And so people started making fun of like Roadhouse. And all of a sudden, Dusty's like, wait a minute. He was so offended. Oh, man. I will say this. If, if you take the draft extremely seriously, as some people in the comments section did, they, they get a little annoyed because we get off topic sometimes. And you're just going to have to deal with that being the way that it is. But I'm thinking day three is, is the expectation is a little bit more laid back because you can't be serious for freaking six, seven hours. So it's going to be a bit of a grind, but if you can show up, I'd really appreciate it. We'll just hang out and we'll have some fun. And we got some other guests that we're planning on having in. Look forward to having you stop by. Again, uh, Packernet Podcast YouTube channel is probably the best place to go. Subscribe, hit the bell notification. If you don't want to do that, I'll be streaming it to Twitter. You can check it out there. If you don't want to do that, it'll be on Facebook. So anyways, you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow with a lot more prospects to talk about. Have a good one. Bye-bye.